2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
1: Good evening. Thank you for tuning into the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, from the state of North Carolina, with my co-host, Glenn McMillian, from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers, from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder, from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington, from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips, from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman, from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson, from the state of of florida ladies and gentlemen we are grateful that you're tuning into our radio broadcast this evening this radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the churches of christ we ask you to take out your bibles and study along with us we have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification if you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, ButlerSteve1009 at Yahoo.com. You can give me a call. Steve B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks... Get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
1: Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we praise you. would will be my co-hosts, Clay Phillips and Steve Cottle on the broadcast this evening as they break into our listeners the bread of life also so we ask your blessings to plumb my co-host clay phillips as he answers the questions that on the hearts of so many we pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom while we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media we pray that they may listen well and that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation, and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, well, we thank you so much for sending only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, well, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will, Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives, and if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us, for it's in Christ's name we do ask it all, amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast, our speakers for this evening in the first segment, my co-host uh, Clay Phillips, he serves with the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, my co-host Clay Phillips, he's going to get double duty on the broadcast this evening. He has a, he'll has he be answering our shouted out question in that shouted out uh, segment of the broadcast. And also to close out the show, my co-host Steve Carter. He serves as the evangelist for the East Park Church of Christ there in Danville, Illinois. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice here will be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're
2: listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I give
3: you the honor. I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I give you my life How great or small I give you my all My all My, all, my, all. my all. Oh, tell me what can I offer you Oh, that could ever contain oh, To the love oh, you said heaven go to rescue me when I was lost in despair Hold up, cause it was just that said I should die. Hold up, but your mercy. I give you I give
4: you the glory.
2: listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation
1: of the gospel of jesus christ now my co-host clay phillips from the rose city church of christ good evening
5: once again i want to thank you brother steve for the opportunity to come forth and proclaim god unadulterated truths i want to i uh, call your attention, if you will, to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, and I want to read verse 21 through verse 28. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through verse 28. Uh, let we find these words written. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and brought him, saying, send her away, and besought him, and said, send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not me to take the children bread, and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truly, our true Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the table of his master. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it known unto thee, even as thy would. And her daughter was made whole From that very hour, those that were spotting along with me on Sunday, we started uh, Mother's Day. I want to say again, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, and this is part two. On this Sunday morning, we talked about mother's meat and gravy, mother's meat and gravy. And Today, I want to talk about when mother said, treat me like a dog, when mothers said, Treat me like a dog. When I was a little boy, young, probably 10 and 12 years old, my father uh, had me working for uh, a gentleman, and uh, I was working in his field, and, and they had a dog, and they would feed me on the outside of the house, but they fed the dog on the inside, and they let the dog, I had to walk home. The dog rode. It uh, was where they went. And so uh, I was saying to myself, treat me like you do that dog. And here we find this woman, this mother, is saying to Jesus, treat me like you treat the dog. So uh, this is part two for um, from Mother's Day uh, to the, all the mothers that understand there is no more uh, person demonized like mothers. Uh, the women have been, uh, throughout history, gone down through the vicissitudes of life. And uh, derogatory is, when you look now, you go all the way back to Genesis. Let's turn now to Genesis. Turn with me to Genesis Uh, Chapter 3, and we are still uh, looking at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 7. How uh, the woman was deceived, and not the man. But notice what the Bible says it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea have God not said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God know, or does know, that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as God, small g, knowing good and evil. And, and notice now, and... When the woman saw that the tree was good food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and that the tree was desired for wisdom, she took it and, and ate it and gave it to her husband. And the eyes of them both was open, and they knew that they was naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So here the woman have been demonized ever since then. When you look at Paul, Paul talked about it to Timothy. He says, uh suffer not a woman to teach, nor to use authority over the man. So the mandate of the woman have not changed. Uh but the uh God has blessed the woman. Amen? <laughs> that blessed the mother and here we find a most powerful profound story in matthew chapter 15 uh and the verse is number 21 through verse 28 matthew 15 21 through 28 let me let me say this here the bible says that the, that the servant was more subtle now the word subtle or subtility has two different meanings uh the first uh meaning of subtu is prudent in other words to be wise then the second uh meaning etymological meaning of the word subtu is a, a negative connotation which is uh to be crafted cunning. now the reason i read Genesis is because the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Let me know that the serpent used uh, the negative etymological terminology of the word subtility. Now, the word uh, subtle, uh, or the word subtility in a positive manner is what we ought to be. And this is what our parents have been stressing, my, our mothers today. Uh, my mama, my mother, stressed today. tell your Bible, Let me show it to you. Tell your Bible Proverbs chapter twelve. Proverbs chapter twelve, and the verse is number sixteen. Proverbs chapter twelve, and the verse is number sixteen. And we find these words written: A fool's wrath. Notice what it says. A fool's wrath is presently known. In other words, you can tell when a fool is angry because he can't keep it to himself. But a prudent man coveted shame. In other words, you you don't know where. So uh, my mother used to teach me, to, boy, don't ever be sticking your lip out and trying to show and be mean spirited. You you got to be subtle. Not not, not in a, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. No, drop down to verse twenty three. Are the same. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 23. Nobody says, a prudent uh, man considers knowledge. You don't tell everybody. My grandfather and my grandmother, I remember my grandmother said to uh, me, some truths best not told. You don't tell everything, Kelly, Some truths best not told because everybody is not the friend. And so a prudent man considers knowledge, concealed knowledge. But the heart of fools proclaimeth foolishness. You can't hide it. Now turn over to chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. And the verse is number 8. The Bible says, notice what it says uh, now. It says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. But the folly of a fool is deceit. In other words, a, a wise man understand or want to understand why he do what he do, why he doing what he do. And so the Bible says that, that Paul, you remember Paul, Paul he said, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell." But God knoweth such a one whether in the body or out of the body. He says, "He says, I, I, I went to the third heaven. the three heavens in the Bible." The birds fly, the stars and God throne. Paul was just through heaven. And I saw things that I should not have seen. Now, uh, uh, I want to tell somebody, but that wouldn't be uh, wise. That wouldn't be uh, subtle for me to tell everybody. And so Paul said, for God to make sure that I ain't telling anyone, he put a thorn in my side. Now, the Bible does not tell us what it was, but he put a thorn in his side. And he said, I prayed three times that God will remove this thorn out of my side. And God said, uh, my grace is sufficient. And so even Paul said, he said, I want you to understand something now. He says, what I would do, I don't do. What I shouldn't do, I don't, I should be doing, and I don't do. But what I should not be doing, I find myself doing. And so he says, he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who, who shall deliver me from the body of sin? Uh, when you study the historicity of the text, it, it talks about the body of sin. If you murdered someone, they would put, tie that body to you, and you had to carry that body until it thought rotting and stink. And so here, the Apostle Paul is reminiscing about the body of sin. Who's going to deliver me from the body of sin, from the subtle of sin? And so here, uh, according to the proverb writer, it's it, it telling us, uh, in verse, now also in verse 16, I like verse 16 uh, 14, he says, "A wise man feareth, and departs from evil, but the fool rages in his confidence." In other words, you, you think you can whoop everybody. You think you can be everybody." And so here we find, they said, "Listen. Don't be a fool. No, don't you do that. Now, now turn over to chapter twenty-two of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter twenty-two, and, and I remember my mother talking to me about these things when I was a little boy. Proverbs chapter twenty-two and verse number three, we find these words: "Be not desires of thine vanity." In other words, don't you get caught up now into what everybody is eating. Now that turn back up to verse twenty uh verse three. It says, A prudent man, a prudent man foresee the evil and hide of himself. But the simple pass on and are uh, punished. So here we find understanding differentiation. Now, now so when you look at uh the subtle of the negative of the crafty that the devil used on the woman. Here we find what the devil used on the woman is for, now turn, everybody turn back up now to Job. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, and the verse is number 6. Job chapter 1 is verse number 6. The Bible says, now this is the subtility of the negative, of the crafty. The Bible says in verse number 6, now therefore, there were other days when the sons of God came to the present and present themselves together before the Lord. Now, those who came, and Satan came also amongst them. And the Lord said unto Satan, which cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, notice now, from going to and forth into the earth. And from walking up and down it so that in other words, the devil subtility is negative. he's been crafted turn to job chapter five, let me show you something job chapter five, and the verse is number twelve job five verse twelve. it says he knows now, he disappointed, come my God, God disappointed the device of the crafted so that their hand cannot perform their enterprise. So, so in other words, God, God, listen, I know I got the back. I got this. But don't worry about all that. I have got this. um And so now turn to Job chapter 15. Turn to Job 15. Job 15 in the verse number 5. Job 15 and the verse is number 5. And the Bible says, For thy mouth uttereth thine iniquity and thou chooseth the tongue of craftiness." In other words, if you listen close enough, you'll hear the craftiness of an individual, of a person. And so here we find Let's go now to our text. I had to say all that, you now, because the Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 16, he says, I I send you amongst wolves. Uh, I send you a sheep amongst wolves. In other words, he said, I want you to understand, God wants us to be crafted. Hello? Don't don't get it. Don't you think now God does not want us to be crafted? Uh, This woman, uh, (laughs) when we look at the woman that came to Jesus, this woman is going to demonstrate the craftiness of uh, <laughs> Prudence' man. This woman was, was, was small. This mama was smart. And, 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 and the Bible says, and Jesus said, He said, "I'm going to, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to send you out as sheep amongst wolves." In Matthew chapter ten, verse sixteen, among in the midst of wolves. And, and you remember Jesus told the disciples, He says. I want you to be wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. I want you to be wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. Amen? Let me say that one more time. I want you to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I want do you to be wise as a serpent. In other words, know how to handle snakes. You got to be a snake handler. You got to get your stick and know how to handle snakes. And so here, uh you must understand how to handle snake. So when we look at the lesson, now let's go to the lesson. Oh, look at here. This this is this is some kind of lesson. Let's go to the lesson. Uh Matthew chapter twenty two. Matthew chapter twenty two. Everybody turn now to Matthew chapter fifteen. Excuse me, Matthew chapter fifteen. And the verses twenty one. Matthew fifteen and twenty one. Now, in verse number twenty one, listen, come in, come in, come here. Come here. In verse 21, Jesus was trying to remain hidden. <laughs> In verse 21, Jesus said, I, I need a sabbatical. Because now, if you back up, you remember Jesus had, had did many wonderful works. And so when you come to verse number 21, he said, I'm really tired of the Pharisees. And, went, and there with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And uh and they was and, and they was bothering him. And the Bible says he really wanted to, to be alone. And and notice what it says here. Then Jesus went this and departed into the coast of tower and Sodom. Jesus went into the coast of Tower and Sodom. In other words, the main scripture this is found in Mark chapter seven and verse twenty four. It says that Jesus could not hide. Jesus could not hide. Now, there are three things I want you to notice here in the text, in in verse number 21. I want you to notice them. First of all, um, but somehow, but somehow, (laughs) write that down, but somehow, remember now, the woman uh, is subtle in the text. She, she knows. She's prudent. Uh, somehow. We, we, the first thing I want you to notice is somehow. Number two, I want you to notice. Uh, I want you to keep in mind uh, our Lord's response to the woman saying, treat me like that dog. <laughs> Woo! Oh Lord help us up with Jesus. And then I want you to see it uh it is her faith, it is her faith that moved Jesus. <laughs> it is her faith, it it, 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 it now her, her her faith brought up upon her substantive that she recognized, number one, I'm not ashamed of who I am. Why? Because, Jesus, you came in my hometown. You tried to get away. So, so Jesus had, had just left. Now, 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 catch this. Jesus had just left uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees and those that were uh, religious people. Because if you back up to verse number one, it says, Then came Jesus to the scribes and Pharisees, which uh, were in Jerusalem saying, He went to the Jerusalem and couldn't get nothing done. And the Bible said, "Why do thy disciples?" Now, this was that he was arguing. Now, he, Jesus was not arguing, but Jesus was being scepter. The Pharisees and Sadducees was arguing about Jesus' disciples. It says, "Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they do eat bread." <laughs> Oh Lord! Isn't it is sometimes we argue about some of the frivolous stuff. And when I say hand, it's not that which go in the body that found the body. It's that which come out of the mind that defiles. It's not that go within the body that justifies it. It's that which come out of the mind that justifies it. <laughs> and so here we find that somehow this that woman heard where Jesus was and came to him. He was in power. In other words, he in in my hometown. Jesus is in a place that he wasn't supposed to be, for he was a rabbi, and he he did different from the Pharisees and Sadducees they 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 wouldn't dare go you you remember Jesus somebody the good Samaritan, he said I must go through Samaritan, and when Jesus went there going through Samaritan, he he found a he talked a story about there was a man that was uh mobbed and beat up. The Levi the push came, you know what he did but the good Samaritan, Woo! look at Jesus, He and so here Jesus is in tower and Sodom. And the woman somehow found out about it. Because, see, when when you are in distress, you want to know where you can find some help. Amen? Verse 22 says, And behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. Now, I want you to notice it now. Have mercy on me, thou son of David. Now, let, let me say this. Christ response, when you read Christ's response, it makes some of us think, you know, Jesus treated her bad. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Christ's response here is not to destroy her faith, but to de- to develop her faith. His Christ is going to respond to this woman to develop her faith. Not only to develop her. He recognized that. He can work with this faith. (laughs) Faith without works is dead. He can work with this faith. You read Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is a shuffle of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So Jesus said, I got somebody I can work with. Isn't it good? Uh, those that are ministers, listen to me now. Isn't it marvelous to have somebody baptized and come into church and, and work and, and serve the Lord and, and be on time and, and serve the Lord and, and come on in and, and be willing to work? Hello, tomorrow amen. And so Jesus recognized the love and kindness of the woman. Amen. Now, in verse 22, it says, and, and behold, the woman of Cana came out of the same coast. And cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. O Lord, thy son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Now, this woman needs some help. Now, I like how the woman approached Jesus. The Bible says that when she approached Jesus, he approached Christ as the son of David. <laughs> Woo! He approached She approached Christ as the son of David. Now, when Jesus went to Jerusalem, they were more concerned about the tradition of the elders. (laughs) That they didn't wash their hands. That they didn't wash their hands. They were more concerned about the tradition of the elders. Now, let, let, let me show it to you. To Matthew uh, 22. Now we go to Matthew 22. Matthew 22, and the verse is 41. Turn the Bible to Matthew chapter 22, and the verse is number 41. Now, the woman recognized, now it is important to understand the Son of David connotation here. She approached Jesus as the Son of David. Now, in verse 41 of Matthew chapter 22, it says, While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, what think ye of Christ? Now, they're not recognizing him as Christ, but Jesus is testing the knowledge. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They said unto him, the son of David. Because they knew what the Old Testament Isaiah said, the son of David. They knew the Old Testament, but they had no faith. Now, know what it says. They said the son of David. He said unto them, how then does David in spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou on my right hand till I make thine enemy. Now, first, If David then called him Lord, how is he then his son? Woo! Look at it." Because uh and, and, and that know what the Bible says, and no man, and no man, and no man, and, and let me say that one more time, and no man was able to answer him a word. Neither dares any man from that day forth ask him any more question. But this moment whoop, to God She <laughs> said I know who you are. Oh what? What? Look at look at Mama. You gotta you go through some stuff. Uh uh uh, uh Mother This mother said, uh, behold, a woman of pain came out of the same coast and cried unto him, said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. Woo. <laughs> and she said, My daughter, she was honest. She was honest. She she went to church girl. She was honest. She wasn't uh, all about uh, religion. She was honest. She, true Christianity is about being honest. Listen, that Romans three twenty three, all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. She she knows I live in Sodom and Tara. He said, My daughter is vexed with sin with the devil. But now notice Jesus now. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Isn't that something? he the disciples saying, Send her away, she crieth after us. Um mm, that, that, that's Send her away, for she cried after us. Jesus no, 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 I, no. See, there, Jesus said, I don't want you to be like church people. Because church people are some of the worst people to try to imitate, to try to be like, because they, they are not honest. Amen? They're not honest. Okay, all right. Let me go a further. Let me go a further. And verse 23. So when he notice the disciples, he her way. She cried after us. The man said she cried after you. What made you think she cried after you? Our Lord, our Lord replied. Now, notice now. Now, Jesus' reply here was in anticipation on what his disciples wanted to hear. Because he took advantage of the opportunity of this woman's faith to demonstrate that they did not have any faith. Let me say that one more time. Jesus took advantage of the opportunity to demonstrate you boys need to be like mama. <laughs> <Booyah>. <laughs> you need to be like mama. If you're listening to mama, mama told you. Life is not going to be easy. So listen to mama, mama told you. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, he answered her not a word. Now he was not being mean to, even the help of faith. Then the disciples, they got mean. Said, send her away. Verse 23 says, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he, he realized he stepped beyond, he, said, I, he, he stepped beyond the tradition because, you remember, now, there are people that are saying that uh, you don't have to be a, a Christian to be saved. You don't have to be a Christian to be saved. You don't have, you've got time to be saved uh, because Jesus saved the thief on the cross. Understand this. Jesus could save anybody who he want to save because he was salvation. That's why they say the thief on the cross. Because so the thief on the cross is another example of free that that blew Jesus' mind. Jesus said today you're gonna be with me a paradise. Woo! And so this woman here, blew Jesus' mind, in 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 the uh epic sense of the to help us side. And then it says in verse twenty five, In my time I got about three minutes, there, then came she and worshiped him. Now this, this is what we gotta admire. We gotta admire the, this mother. You find a a mother that worship and praise. She can ask for help. <laughs> Look at Jesus. Here, she worship him. She prays him. And then she asked for help. Seek, knock, and ask. Ooh. Then the Bible says in verse twenty six, but he answered and said, "It is not meat or not good to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs." You know something? Now this is Jesus said, "It's not good." Jesus answered here. Now the word "dog" here let me let me help you out. The word "dog" here means pet, means domesticated. Etymologically, means uh, uh, to be domesticated, to um, to pamper. I gotta I got I gotta I gotta got stop on this. To, to pamper. What it means to pamper? In other words, we put diapers and pamphlets on kids because they're messy. Here Jesus is saying, listen, uh, I can't give the children bread to the dogs. But she says, dogs eat the crumb that falls from the, the, the you I'm a pet. Treat me like the dog. Treat me like a pet. I know I'm messy. I know I live in town. I know I live in trouble. I know i got some issues. I know I'm battling. I am messy. But pamper me. <laughs> pamper me. Treat me like a dog. Now, now, there was two kinds of dogs. There was a street dog and a pet, a domestic dog. The street dog ate garbage. Jesus said, listen, uh, I, I, this woman's faith amazed me. She immediately sees opportunity to take advantage of Jesus, the master of the table. Oh, my goodness, look at her in verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou would. I'm going to give you a check. I'm not going to even sign it. I'm going to sign it in a blank check. I'm going to give you a check, a blank check. Treat me like she's a dog. Mama, mama will, will take whatever it takes or to do to provide, to look out for her children. That is the, the essence of Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers. May God continue to bless you. And gone. And God has given you a blank check.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio
6: Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665, or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Amen.
3: Lord, take me back in uh, I pray that your love Let it covered me. me I may have stumbled once or twice Maybe not Maybe not have acted in Sometimes, Sometimes Sometimes in a mood And maybe Maybe even have been moved So Lord, won't. So Lord, take me back in, I pray that your love, let it cover me, oh, 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 please cover, cover me. me, I need you cover me. to cover me. cover me, I know something Lord, cover He lay naked me. and drunk, and it says, yeah they I up on your father And cover me And, me, and,
4: cover cover you.
3: me, <laughs> and your scripture says That love shall cover me, A morn to the me, I need you, I need you Cover me Cover, 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 cover me And when
4: those storms come
3: to pass And I don't think I have my self struggle down here below and pray Lord never oh, me know. and then I feel that I am through my, my arms I reach to you I know, know that, that your, your love I know it will cover me Lord Jesus, say, me, uh, cover me with your love. Me, give me grace from above. Nothing won't my shame. Forgive me, oh, me oh Lord, come, cover me, yeah, cover me with, with your, your love. sweet, sweet love, give me grace oh, from above, oh, oh Lord, please, Lord, please oh, because face. I'm lost in sin, and, and I need you, need you, Your precious love, Holy oh, come, 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 come on me, Lord. Oh, I'm a sinner, and I need your grace and mercy. So come on.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the broadcast. So I have a question from my social media platform on Shout It Out, and we want to pose this question to one of my co-hosts. I also want to encourage our listeners to join that Facebook group and get involved in those biblical discussions. Now, my co-host, Clay Phillips, you heard him in the last segment. He's given us double duty on the broadcast this evening he's going to answer this question as well now hey brother clay you ready for this question we got a doozy yes, yes sir i'm ready <laughs> all right here's the question now this question is from an anonymous queries from the state of california and the question is can i be a christian and be gay what say you to this question
5: thank you very much i'm so glad that uh, this question is asked uh, I want to start by saying, why do people ask questions? First of all, why do people ask questions? There's five uh, reasons. Number one, uh, to, uh, to acquire knowledge. Number two, to uh, eliminate confusion. Number three, to cause someone else to feel either special or important. Number four. To guide a conversation in the direction we might want it to go. Uh, number five. Number, number five. Number four. Number five is to demonstrate humility to another. The Bible says in First Peter chapter three verse fifteen. And one thing, when I answer questions, I'm very, I'm very uh, passionate about answering questions. The Bible says, "But sanctify the Lord God in your heart, and be ready always to give an answer." to every man that asketh of you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So what what is the purpose and the reason of of this particular question I want you to understand is I, my prayer is number one is that to check your understanding of the word of God. To check your understanding of the word of God. And number two, to keep uh our mind engaged with the task that is on hand. You remember when Jesus met uh, Zacchaeus, he said, uh, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter twenty eight and verse number eighteen, Go ye to all the world and preach the gospel uh, to every creature that believeth in his baptized shall be saved. So the objective is to be saved. So the questions can I be a Christian and gay? Uh, this uh, question is uh, this day fulfilled or fulfilled Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Uh, turn your Bible, let me read that. Isaiah, everybody turn your Bible, Isaiah. The chapter is 5. Isaiah chapter 5. And I want to read verse 20 and 21. This, this Here, the Bible is teaching us in verse 20 and 21, and we find these words. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. So here... Uh, what has been fulfilled here is woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. What do you mean, Brother Phillips? Uh, the word Christian and gay should uh, is in the same sentence here. Demonstrate that we got to be careful that we're not uh, calling good evil and evil good. The word Christian started out with a derogatory name. It was it was derogatory. It was uh, Acts chapter eleven and verse twenty-six. Disciples was called Christian first in Antioch uh, because it was a derogative name it, after that Christ, after that Jesus, you know. And then in Acts chapter 26 and verse number 28, then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuaded me to be a Christian. In First Peter chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his land. So now the word Christian started out negative. Now, the word gay started out positive. The word originally, etymologically means carefree, cheerful, bright, uh, to to have style. But now it represents homosexuality. Now, plainly speaking, and let let me say this. I I want to be as humble as I possibly can. Plainly speaking, the Bible tells us that the practice of homosexuality is a sin. It is something that God forbids. God has repeatedly stated that it is, no, no, it's not, that it is outside of his plan, the human sexual expression. So the Bible does talk about homosexuality. Uh, the name, of God called it an abomination. In Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, thou shalt not lie with mankind. Leviticus chapter 20, verse thir- uh, 13, it is called an abomination. In Jude, uh, I, I want to read that. Jude, uh, there's not one chapter in Jude, so Jude, uh, verse tw- verse 7. Jude, and the verse is number 7, and we find these words written, even as Solomon. Now, give us an example. Now, be careful here. Listen now. It's, it Give us an example. Even as Solomon, or Solomon and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner. So, Solomon and Gomorrah was not only a city that was destroyed, giving themselves over to fornication. Now, the word fornication here, uh, in, in this in its text here, simply means not sexual Listen, sexual uh, immorality, and going after strange flesh, bestiality, and set forth an example, suffering the venience of eternal fire. So here we find example. Now, understand this. Understand this. Then in, in First Timothy chapter one verse eight through ten. We learn uh, that the law is good. In other words, when God g- gave a law, the law is good. Now, I want you to understand. Turn your Bible with me now. I always let to use a text. I always let you use a scripture uh, th- to demonstrate. Turn your Bible to First Thessalonians. If turn the Bible to First Thessalonians, the chapter is 4. First Thessalonians, chapter 4, and I want to uh, commence reading that verse number 3. First Thessalonians chapter 4, and let's commence reading at verse number 3. And we find these words written, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should not, or should know rather, how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor not in the lust uh, of the uh even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man, notice what it says, that no man go beyond, defraud his brother in any matter because of the Lord. Notice now, the Lord is the avenger of such as we also forewarn you and testify. So here we find the Bible is telling us, listen, listen, Paul cautioned us, the readers, his readers, in that day and now, Paul cautioned us against uncleanness. Now, now, now what is uncleanness? Uncleanness is strong sexual desire. Uncleanness, listen, uncleanness is strong sexual desire. Uh, You can say what you want to say, but sexual desire is a powerful thing. Uh, One thing, uh, let me me give you some good news. Let me give you some good news. The good news is a gay or homosexual can accept Christ as their Savior. (laughs) Lord, help us up in here. Let me say that one more time. The good news is that a gay or homosexual can accept Christ as their Savior, just as any other sinner. Let me say that one more time. Just as any other sinner, a gay person can accept Christ as their Savior, just as any other sinner. Now, this thing uh, that is called sex is a powerful thing. I don't care what of you say. Don't lie to me. Uh, Paul said, uh, "With God as he was as I am, but he said now to avoid fornication, uncleanness, to avoid fornication, sexual immorality. Get married, because this thing is some something serious. It is something serious. Now, I am answering the question according to biblical terminology." I'm not not trying to go after anybody. I'm not trying to uh, embarrass anyone. All I want us to understand, if you ask the question, can I be a Christian, that part is yes. And gay. Uh, let 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 me help you out on this. Can I be? Understand this. It is not my call. All I am is a messenger of God. Listen, listen. Paul told Timothy, he said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove with brute exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own loss, shall they heat themselves teachers having itching ears? And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall return the favors. So understand this. Understand this. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three. The verse start out by saying, for this is the will of God. This is not my will. This is God's will. Let, 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 me, let me say one more time. This is the will of God. But the, what is the will of God? Listen now. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication. This is the will of God. Now, let me say this here. Let me say this here. Job recognized the severity of uh, this this young people uh, deviating and going about uh, our society now is 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 gripping, and the young people are just. just Get out there, all kind of women. But Job recognized that, and, and Job gave us a powerful example. In Job chapter 1, in verse number 4, he says, and and his sons talking about Job, his son, Job's son, went and feasted in their houses, everyone his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. But notice in verse number 5. And it was so when the days of the feast was come about that, now notice now, that Job, that Job sent and sanctified them. Hello. Look at him. So now now remember now, it says, even your sanctification. The word sanctification comes from the Greek word holiness. Holiness. Uh, The New Testament delineate and describe and portray what holiness really is. So Job, notice now, the Bible says that Job sent and sanctified them. Talk about his children. We need to start with our children and helping them understand and differentiate and understand the creation of God. The Bible says and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offering after uh, offering according to the number of them all. And it was every last one of them. But Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. We got to continue to serve, continue to teach our church. Because this is, this is a serious thing. There are three kinds of holiness. Listen, listen. C- come, come here, Cole. Come here. Come here. Come closer. There are three kinds of holiness. Number one, there is uh, positional holiness. Now, what is positional holiness? Positional holiness is such were some of you. Hold <laughs> well, on, Brother Philip. You 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 were some of you First Corinthians chapter six verse eleven. We will get there in a minute. The second one is progressive holiness. Progressive holiness is you were the servants of sin. You were the servants of sin. This is progressive holiness. It's found in Romans chapter six in verse twelve to twenty three. Then we find. Uh, perfect holiness Perfect holiness Perfect holiness is found in First Thessalonians chapter, two, chapter 13 Chapter 3 rather And verse 13 What is perfect holiness? Perfect holiness is Unblame in holiness Before God Through Jesus Christ Woo, Help us Lord Unblame So we have three kinds of Holiness Positional holiness, progressive holiness, and perfect holiness, that ye might be able to abstain from fornication. This thing called fornication is something serious. Hello, I was young myself. Now I'm old, but I'm trying to tell you, past tense. This sexual Impurity is something serious. So now, nah, listen, listen, listen. Hang a few minutes, listen. So the question that should be asked is uh, not so much as can I be a Christian and gay. The question should be asked: Can I be purified amongst Christianity or with Christianity? Cannot be a Christian. Now not now, let, let, let me show it to you. Let's go to first Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter six. I gotta I gotta read this. First Corinthians chapter six and the verse nine through twelve. First Corinthians chapter six and the verses nine through twelve. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterous, nor uh, infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkard, nor revilers, nor extortioners share, inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, we need to be mindful That the question that should be asked is, can I be a Christian and a fornicator? (laughs) Can I be a Christian and an adulterer? Can I be a Christian and adulterer? Can I be a Christian and feminine, which is gay? Can I be a Christian and abuser, a a sodomite? Can I be a Christian and a thief? Can I be a Christian and a covenant? Can I be a Christian and drunk? Can I be a Christian and a run a, a, a rebeller? A reviler? What is a reviler? An evil speaking of other people. Can I be a Christian and an extortioner? A blackmailer? Can I be a Christian? Woo! So the thing that, that we understand is that the, the Apostle Paul is telling us it is God's will. We must learn to do God's will. Paul also gives us three principles, words to help us understand. Now, now in First Corinthians chapter six, us go back to First Corinthians chapter six and verse number twelve. Let me show it to you. First Corinthians chapter six and the verses number twelve. Let me show it to you. And um, uh, it, it is in verse number twelve. It says these words. Now remember now we just read verse, the verse 10, but going to verse 11, now I'm going to read verse 11 as well. Verse 11 says, and such were some of you, and such were some of you, fornicators, idolaters, gays, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkenness, evil speakers. Um, black members. You were that. So can can you be a Christian and gay? You can be a Christian and not practice gay. <laughs> Let me say it again. You, you you can be a Christian and not practice gay. When you become a Christian, you don't practice fornication. When you become a Christian, you don't practice idolatry. You give it up. Notice now, it says such were some of you, such were some of you, but ye are washed. But you are sanctified. Woo! But you are uh, uh justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Notice what it says here now. Notice then he gives us the principle uh that may summarize and help us through our struggle. Listen, if you if you're gay, if you're a fornicator, if you are an idolater, you know worship uh uh strange gods if you if you sodomite if, you, if you're a thief if you're a covetous you're a drunker, if you're evil if you speak evil of people if you blackmail people if, you, if you're that's all sorts of stuff listen there is hope it says verse 12 of first corinthians chapter 6 all things are lawful unto me but all things are not expedient all things are lawful for me but uh, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now, now there's there's three words that Paul gives principle. Number one is lawful. So God deals with that which is law. How do you know what what is lawful? Scripture. When Scripture are uh, not uh, uh, explicit, uh, he he says, I want you to understand, all things are lawful, unto me but all things are not expedient so so we look at lawful and expediency the scriptures tell us what we must do then it it, uh the expedient is everything is not beneficial to you then power is self-control or not can you have self-control that's why that's why jesus is a problem. Listen, listen. This is what Jesus said. So can you be, can I be a Christian and gay? You can be a Christian and a recovering gay. You can be a Christian and a person that's not practicing gay. You cannot be a Christian and practice uh, fornication, idolatry, adultery, imminence, eminence, nihism, thieves, and covetous and drunkenness evil you can't be a christian and be a practice of those things now the thing that you need to understand that jesus tell us listen we need to understand that matthew 22 verse number 30 and i got to stop matthew 22 30 jesus told the mother to he said for in the resurrection they shall, there shall be neither married and given a marriage in heaven you're gonna be like the angels not getting married and married so it is it is it is not worth you trying to stand up for i want to be gay because you the life is as a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away, and the Bible says one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years that's one day. That's why Jesus said in my conclusion in Mark chapter eight and verse number thirty-six and verse thirty-eight, He said, "What shall a prophet mean if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul?" In other words, listen. Why are you hooked on marriage and, and giving in marriage and all that stuff and gay and lesbianism and all that stuff? Listen, when you die, there will not be any marriage and giving in marriage in heaven anyway. So Jesus have rectified, clarified, and made it known that purity amongst Christians is what God is after. I know, sex is, I know sex is strong. I'm a man myself. I struggled when I was younger, like everybody else. But it says that we must learn to love one another and be concerned. Because when you look down at the last part of it, it says, uh, in verse 18, therefore, cover one another with these words. What words? That you were struggling like everybody else. I know is a struggle. But listen, don't ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on the word of God. And God have a purpose and a plan for your life. And the speaker for the clay pillow. Remember this. Keep it real.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. If I could touch the
0: hair of his comment. I will be made whole Because I know He'll heal my body And He will save my soul If I could press A little closer He Will surely see that I believe it is His power. Power.
3: And And He
0: will set
3: me free. He will set me free. And He will set me free from all my burden. all of my care, and yeah, Lord, and listen, free. Lord, knows that you if just you have, you have, have the faith, stars of a mustard seed, you, you, see you say true. to those old mountains, just move on.
0: believe If I could press Press a on, little closer A little bit closer He will surely see have to Just the hymn of his God And I believe In his healing power
3: That, that old woman said, and he will set me. Cause she wanted to be said, and he me. So she walked up to my shade. She said, excuse me, sir, part of me, ma'am. See, I wanna be said. I think she reached freeze, on her, And she gave freeze, a shout Oh, yeah And she thought about freeze, disease From about freeze, disease freeze, All right I can't you just hear that old woman testify freeze, Well, freeze, she said Is mean that grace how sweet the sound Said a rich like me She said I once was lost But now I'm fine Set free. So listen, when your faith is running low, free, think free, of this story of how my Jesus helped this precious he soul, free, and surely he'll free, help
4: me. And he will set me
3: free. I want to be set free. And he will,
4: oh.
2: you're listening to the gospel light radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus
1: christ now my co-host steve cordo and his subject victim of victor
6: And good evening, everybody. Thank you, Stevie, for uh, having me on the program uh, again. And I'd like to encourage our listeners to get a Bible and open up to Romans chapter 8. That's where we'll spend the most of our time uh, this evening in Romans chapter 8, which is a good passage to look at, particularly the last uh, about 10 verses where we're looking at uh, dealing many times with troubles in life. Now, have you ever felt like a victim? Because sometimes when we go through a difficult circumstance or time in life, we feel like victims. Do you ever feel that way, that you are in a situation and you just don't know how to deal with it? You might even ask sometimes when you get into a bad situation, well, you know, where is God in all of this? Can God help me through this situation? What's the attitude about yourself and the situation that you're in? You know, a victim is a person who has been harmed physically, financially, emotionally, or Uh, in any number of ways, but not everyone recovers from mistreatment that they've endured. Some have allowed hurtful experiences to permanently scar and disrupt their lives. They use negative incidences as excuses for sinful or irresponsible behavior. Now, we don't have to fall into this destructive pattern. Instead of allowing personal tragedy to devastate our lives, we can let God use that to help us mature spiritually. Are we as believers, then, going to be victims? of our circumstances, or are we going to be victors over these circumstances? And that's Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> if you'll begin in verse 27, where he says, Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And then notice verse 28, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. See, the challenges and the troubles and the disasters that Christians experience in the world are not intended to separate us from Christ, but to bring us closer to Christ. Notice, he says, if you look at verse 37, uh, just drop on down a little bit, he says, in all these things we are more than conquerors. See, the Bible does not simply say that we are conquerors or uh, that through our troubled times, but we are more than conquerors. The balance is is not just barely tipped in our side when we look at if we look at this in terms of a scale. Our triumph is not snatched out of the jaws of defeat. Our victory corresponds to the victory that Jesus won uh, at his resurrection. So after all the affliction and after we endure and we overcome, making us stronger, that brings us nearer to Jesus. So in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, so we're going to look at most of the time. And ask a question, that is, deep down inside, do do we honestly believe that God is causing all things to work together for good? Because our worldview directly affects how we relate to, to God, to our Creator. You know, religiously and, and philosophically, most people fall into a couple of categories. One is, some people are going to be deists. That is, they're going to believe that God made everything, but then step back from further involvement in His creation. He just kind of walked away like a absent landlord might do some people are categorized as pantheists they believe that god is the universe and everything in it that god is considered indistinguishable from the creation a materialist would believe only that or only what they can see and touch and experience and this is what many atheists uh, would be and then a fatalist believes everything is predetermined they think the outcome will remain the same uh, of a given incident regardless of the choices that we make. And then there's the Christian. See, Christians believe in a God who was involved in the creation. Although uh, God exists everywhere in creation, he is separate from it. He's not contained within it. God is in complete control of everything, yet he gives us the freedom and the wants to be personally, and then he wants rather to be personally involved uh, in our lives. The God is our Heavenly Father who loves us in spite of who we are, what we are, and how we are. Uh, whatever our background is, uh, God is still going uh, to love us. You notice in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, Jesus said there that if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father uh, give good gifts to those who ask of Him? And then in 1 John chapter 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. So then what assurance of victory does the Bible provide? In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 37, we cannot be involuntarily separated from the love of God. Back at verse 31, Paul opens the passage with the word, uh, who Paul is, and, and Paul is not speaking of a problem with a person. The word that Paul uses in verse uh, thirty-one could be translated who, but some will translate it as what. As in what can separate us from the love of God? And Paul speaks here what I call uh, impersonal third-party things that, uh, if allowed to, could separate us uh, from God. And God is going to you know God does everything He can to keep us holy. and and faithful to him. But the ultimate choice is going to come down to ourselves, whether or not we want to uh, be faithful uh, to God. He has given us that free will. Now in Romans chapter 8, "...who then or what then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not uh, with him also freely give us all things?" Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, it is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God and who makes intercessions for us? And then he says in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Or it could be what can separate us from the the love of Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril? As it is written... For your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, verse uh, 38 uh, and 9 here in just a minute. But I wanted to stop right there and and look at how the fact that no situation can rob us of the victory we have in Jesus unless we allow it. You know, The separation that happens between us and God is due to our choices. Someone once said to me that, If uh, you feel like you have moved far away from God, uh, or rather, if you feel like you are far away from God, guess who moved? It wasn't God who moved. And if we go back now and look here at verse 38, he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, the advocates of the once-saved-always-saved position that believe that, there's, that, that no Christian can lose his salvation like to go running to this passage, but the one thing this passage does not address is the issue of our choices. So, in other words, if, if you come home one day and your house is burned to the ground and it's just a smoldering pile of ashes, that will not separate you from the love of God. If a tornado comes through uh, while you're listening to this broadcast, or a flood or if you lose your job, any of those things, those will not separate you from God. Now, your reaction to them might if you, uh, these things hit you and then you decide, well, you know what, I'm just not going to mess with this Christianity stuff anymore and walk away. You made a decision to walk away. That, that None of that stuff uh, caused you to walk away. God didn't cause you to walk away. And we should um, be doing more. As Christians, we do more than just survive. We can thrive in those situations. We're not called to just cope. We're called to be more than conquerors. And a lot of it is going to have to do with just what our attitude is when we're going through these uh, situations. The Bible assures us that God is in control. He rules over all the events of, uh, of, uh, and situations of the world. Psalm 103 says the Lord has established his throne in the heaven and his kingdom rules over all. God's word states that God is the supreme authority uh, over everything. Isaiah 66, verse 1, God is above the earth. He is above heaven and earth. He rules over everything. Heaven is my throne, he says. The earth is my footstool. Where then is a house that you should build for me, and where is a place that I may rest? For my hand uh, made all these things, thus all these things uh, come into being, uh, declares the Lord. And then Daniel, in chapter 4, verse 35, says that all the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. But he does according to his will in the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, what have you done? In Psalm 135, verse 6, God has absolute rule and power. Whatever the Lord uh, pleased that he did, and none could control him or say to him, what are you doing? He does what he pleases and does not give an account of his matters. It's just like the boss when you're on the job. The boss doesn't have to give an account to you about why he uh, took two hours for lunch. He's the boss. He owns the company. Uh, He can show up pretty much whenever he wants. And then in Proverbs 21, verse 1, The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever uh, he wishes. And we have to remember that we won't always like what God allows, and sometimes we will not understand his ways. Uh, This is something that uh, uh, definitely uh, critics of Christianity and sometimes Christians don't understand. Uh, We don't always like what God does or how he does things. We don't always like it when we get a no answer to prayer. And remember, God does not, he's under no obligation to give you a yes answer to a prayer. He can give you no. No is every bit as an answer as yes is. Or he may just have you wait a while. See, God rules in the plans of earthly rulers. He he rules in our uh, affairs. We just sometimes have to uh, understand that we're not going to know everything about God. And uh, we're not going to understand everything that he does. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, we're told, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of his law. So notice this verse, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. If we break it down, this verse is key to understanding that we will not always comprehend God's ways. Uh, It's not a perfect analogy or comparison, but just think when you were a kid and mom or dad would give you instructions to do something, well, why do I have to do it this way? Well, in in the end, it just came down to because dad said so. Uh, I had a grandmother who was very particular about how you set the table, where you put the plate, where each uh, utensil, fork, knife, spoon, Uh, went, uh, and and if we were sitting down to dinner, everything had to be, even if we weren't using the spoons, it didn't matter. They had to be there. And where you set your glass, and that sort of thing. She was very particular about it. Uh, Why? Well, just because Gran said to do it that way. And I didn't understand, I still don't understand why she was so picky about it. Uh, But that's just the way she was. And with God, sometimes we're not going to understand why God said to do something a certain way. He just said to do it. God lets us know what we need to know. If we, if God revealed everything uh, about Him to us right now in our mortal human state, we couldn't handle it. It would be, it would, you know, you heard the expression about things blowing my mind. Well, this would more than more than blow your mind. Now, remember, God is an infinite being. We are uh, finite. We uh, do not have the capacities uh, that God has when it comes to handling. Uh, revelations, divine revelations. And remember he told Isaiah, the prophet, verse or chapter 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God has a divine purpose for everything uh, he does. He has a divine purpose uh, for things that go wrong and can turn the misdeeds of man into something good. Remember, Romans. Paul told the Romans that all things work together for good for those who love God. All things. You know, bad things will happen, good things will happen, but God. It's all meant to grow us. And uh, Paul tells us in there in verse twenty nine what uh, uh, God's purpose is uh, for things that might go wrong or things that we might might not particularly uh, enjoy. Because while you can know God. He is so majestic that our finite human minds will never fully comprehend all there is to know about God. And that is just the fact that we have to uh, accept. Now, you know, you may wonder if it's possible to know someone without truly understanding them. Well, I don't understand everything there is to know about my wife, but I know her and I love her. That's what makes marriage exciting. It's a never-ending quest to uh, know each other better. And if you've ever heard someone say to their spouse, oh, I've got you figured out, well, you can know that uh, they're not telling you the truth. If you ever hear someone say, I've got God figured out, you know they're not telling the truth. In Genesis chapter 50, the Bible assures us of victory because it tells us that God takes the bad things people do and uses them for his purpose. Remember Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers They meant it for evil. And when he finally confronted them with his uh, true identity, he told them that you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. God is is, uh, good. God is great. Nothing happens without his permission. And God can take the bad things and turn them around. In 1914, Edison Industries was just about destroyed by a fire. Edison lost $2 million that night, and a lot of his life's work went up in flames. And he was insured for only $238,000. That's $2 million in 1914 dollars. Uh, if I had been thinking a little bit ahead, I would have uh, uh, calculated with inflation what that would be worth today. You know, I'm sure it would be in the tens of millions of dollars, if not in the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, the building had been made of concrete, which at the time was thought to be fireproof. I even remember as a kid being told that concrete was fireproof. But Edison's son, he had a son that was 24 at the time, and he was, uh, Thomas Edison himself was 67. But the young man ran frantically about trying to find his father and finally found him standing near the fire. His face was glowing in, in the in the uh, 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 flames. And his son later said that my heart ached for him. He was 67, no longer a young man, and everything was going up in flames. And then he spotted me and said, Charles, where's your mother? "Uh, I don't know. And and, uh, Thomas told his son to bring his mother to him. She will never see anything like this again as long as she lives. And the next morning, walking about the charred, uh, embers, all his hopes and dreams up in, in flames, are you know now just smoldering on the ground. Edison said that there is great value in disaster. All our mistakes are burned up, and thank God we can start anew. Three weeks after the fire, <clears throat> excuse me, three weeks after the fire, his firm delivered the first phonograph. The fire destroyed his factory and gave Edison the opportunity to start over. He took it very positively. You know, and sometimes adversity gives us that opportunity to wipe a slate clean and be able to start over. The fire that destroyed his factory, uh, he turned into uh, a positive, which means rewarding truths are going to be connected with our victory in Christ. There are many rewarding truths we can get. We always have to remember it maybe it doesn't seem like it's such a victory or a great, win when when we're going through it but our victories come from our greater trust in the lord that we're able to see when we get through a difficult time proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 tell us to trust in the lord with all your heart now if i were to ask you individually most of you would say that yeah i trust god and probably wouldn't even hesitate uh, to answer a question about your trust in god but if you're honest Would you admit that maybe there are times when trusting isn't so simple? You know, I've been a Christian nearly 40 years. I've been preaching uh, the gospel uh, since 1994, uh, full time. And, you know, there are times even I uh, find it hard sometimes uh, to have the complete trust in God that I need to have. Well, wait a minute, you're the preacher. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't matter if you're a preacher or an elder or a deacon. We go through the same things that everybody else goes through and the same difficulties. Psalm 37, verse 3 says, To trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Now, Psalm 37, verse 3, uh, there, or 3 through 5, rather, tells us just simply commit our ways to the Lord. The word we translate into English as commit is actually a Hebrew word that means to roll over, just like you might uh, roll over a stone. So in other words, one could say that in this psalm, God is encouraging us to roll over our cares and our burdens uh, onto him. And when the scripture talks about getting the desires of our hearts, it means that when we trust in the Lord and follow him as best we can, His desires become our desires. That's another thing. When when we talk about prayer, and this might be a good uh, topic for another lesson, when we talk about prayer and answering prayer, we we always have to look at all the scriptures that are relevant to the subject. God doesn't just give us uh, uh, what we want, maybe like uh, grandma and grandpa sometimes spoil the grandkids and give them whatever. God doesn't always work that way. And that, like I say, is another discussion we could maybe have another time. Because another truth connected to our victory within Jesus is we can have freedom from worry. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, we see there that uh, God is going to take care of basic uh, needs. He's he's not always going to give us uh, the the top of the line, first class of everything, but our basic needs are going to be taken care of. So, You know, I need housing. I need a place to live. I may not have the biggest, best, newest mansion in town. Uh, It may be an apartment, a small apartment, but it's a roof over our head. Uh, We once lived in a very small apartment, not much bigger than a two-car garage with the total square footage. The three of us, it was pretty tight, but it was a roof over our head. And in Matthew chapter 6, we're told there, verse 25, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look, the birds of the air, for they uh, neither look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So if God's going to take care of these birds, don't you think He's going to take care of you? So when we lack some, when we lack something. God needs to be uh, in our thoughts. God needs to be the one that we go to and help us uh, for this, because God is going to be working us through this situation. God is going to be getting us through this, and, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why we may go through hard times. In Psalm 23, we need to note, too, the similarities between God and a good shepherd. You know, a good shepherd provides for his uh, sheep, the basic necessities. I I think we probably all know this, at least the gist of it, the 23rd Psalm, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in, in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Now notice that, you know, a good shepherd provides food and shelter, basic necessities for the sheep, just like a good parent would do uh, for their kids. And then a shepherd is going to protect the sheep against attacks. Uh, all kinds of predatory animals are out there. Wolves, um, I don't know if they had coyotes in the Middle East over there or not, but we have them here in North America. Lions, uh, tigers, uh, maybe other shepherds who are uh, 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 stealing uh, sheep, a got to protect against those things. A shepherd ha- uh, guides. He leads the sheep even when the sheep don't know the path. If the sheep are grazing on some grass and, and it's time to move on to a different patch or maybe move down uh, by the, the river or by the lake so then they can get a drink of water, that's um, uh, how he's going to guide them. And then the shepherd gathers. When we, when when we, when the sheep, it's time to bring the sheep in. The shepherd's going to gather and bring them into the, the uh, corral. And that is uh, what God's going to do uh, with us. See, when when we go uh, astray, remember Jesus told about a shepherd who lost one uh, sheep out of his hundred, and went looking for him. And God is going to uh, try and keep us in. He'll be uh, looking if we wander off from the fold. And the amazing thing is that God promised to do these things in your life if you'll trust him. God will take care of us, protect, guide, all the things that we need, if we will put our trust in him. And then connected with this victory in Christ is that we have an increased sense of gratitude. You know, that's one thing that can really make us thankful in a given situation is if we, uh, have go we go through bad times? Maybe for instance, uh, we go through a period of time where we're not sure we're going to have enough to eat. I know during the depression, uh, a lot of people, my grandparents, sometimes uh, uh, had a hard time uh, keeping uh, uh, food and things uh, for the uh, for their families. But then, when you do have a sense of uh, uh, plenty, you can remember to give thanks for. Hey, I remember six months ago, a year ago. When uh, we uh, had food shortages and didn't know if we were going to eat, I would be thankful for what we've got. And then because the Sovereign Lord is our provider, we can have confidence that every need will be satisfied. Our requests are not met simply by chance, but according to his goodness and his uh, parental care or fatherly care for us. We know that God's going to be uh, taking care of us. And another truth connected with the sovereignty of God is that we can be more content and patient in times of adversity. When we are uh, putting our trust in God, Hebrews chapter 13 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Notice, be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have it goes back to what i said earlier okay i don't have the biggest uh, nicest newest mansion in town but i do have a roof over my head i am out of the elements yeah i don't have the newest best car in town but i've got a reliable vehicle that'll get me where i need to go uh maybe don't have a huge bank account but i've got what i need to take care of myself and my family and with that be content In Joshua chapter 21, the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. That's a a fulfillment of Genesis uh, 12, where uh, the land promise was made to Abraham. It's not anything to look forward to uh, in the future, like premillennials will tell us. He took care of their land. Took a, it, he didn't give them the land right away. It took uh, after the Egyptian captivity, wandering in the wilderness, and eventually they got it. There's an old story about a, a uh, drill instructor telling his new recruits that if you think you need anything, or if you think of anything you need, just let me know, and I'll teach you how to do without it. See, con- contentment is not having everything we want. It's enjoying and using what we do have. So put your trust in God. Notice, again, he has said, uh, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is going to be our refuge in those situations. So your heavenly father is always going to have a purpose for allowing adversity, and that's what we have to remember. We would not under- understand or appreciate good times without occasionally having to go through some bad times. And if you're a child of God, you can be confident that God is going to work through hardship to develop your character, to teach you more about his nature, and equip you to minister more effectively. And we can learn to see adversity as a tool that God uses to do some great things uh, in our lives. And that's what I just want to, the idea I just want to leave you with, is if you're a child of God, be confident. God is working through hardship to develop your character. And I thank you once again, Stevie, for having me on the program. And uh, that will conclude my lesson, and we'll see you next time.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
3: Will you forgive me? For I've done wrong. And will you accept me, Jesus? As I kneel at your throne, you love and all of my brother. He will all criticize and accuse, yes he will, but I know that my Jesus,
4: he will
3: make me pray, he
4: do and well,
3: oh, oh. I know your blood, strong. Your blood is strong to enough to clean me up or the door again. Please wash,
4: wash me free, free from,
3: from the pain, from pain of pain. all of my sins And Lord, and Lord
4: please, please
3: use, use cause me Cause I'm ready please. at oh, my bidding, yeah, Lord, me,
4: Lord Lord, Lord here in my praise,
3: please use, use cause me Cause you're the God of God, a second, God, second God. chance I see them cry, and they each have a stone, to love but you milk beside me, Jesus, and my fears are all gone, praise God, cause give me peace, peace so fast. i yeah. you Oh, no. No more shame, no more doubt, no more guilt, Lord. No. So I ask the Lord, do you, Lord, to you. grace and his mercy that we're here today, because the Lord is long-suffering, not willing that anybody should perish, but that all should come to repentance, and see, repentance, that's the key, because in repentance, that's where you learn to turn around. and God gives you a second chance, you turn from selfishness, to turn towards godliness. You turn from Thank anger, God turn toward joy. You turn from hatred, you turn, turn, toward love. My brother, my sister, God will give Thank you, God you God a second chance. If yeah, you just try to turn turn oh, love till you're here. Around around Ooh, turn, life. Life. Turn, around, turn around and around Ooh. for your... you got to put your head inside turn around and around around for your...
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are just thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. It's our prayer that the lessons that were given on this radio show this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives. And your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in to this radio show, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's Word. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody.
2: God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give me a song to
3: sing. Lighting. The same. Father, please give me a song. The same. Hey, just like like Jesus.
1: Episode
2: 266 You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show I'm moving up to higher ground Ain't nobody gonna turn me
3: round. I'm moving to a better place i mind elevates to a higher stage well, let not your heart be troubled If you believe in God Believe in me Cause in my father's house Are many mansions eh? Soon and very soon You will see oh, yeah. Cause if I go I'll come again And take you from this wicked race Where there'll be no more tears And no more fears He'll take us to a higher, higher place. place So pack your faith so come on, we're moving On a higher ground now. Oh yeah Ain't nobody yeah. going yeah. on, oh, let's go I'll We're moving to a better place to oh, oh. oh, oh. a higher state Listen He's coming back real soon To gather the saved and the blessed And take us to a place of no more trouble Where the weary will be at rest So don't let the world get you down No matter what folks may do Say you're moving on up to the sky to a mansion oh, prepared just for you, so pack your bags. We're moving on a to higher ground. ground. On. ain't nobody gonna turn me back. Come ground. on, let's go. We're moving. Hold on, be on to a better place. Oh yeah. A high
4: yeah. High. To a Come on, get ready, y'all. we
3: on, on a to higher ground. to a high state oh, Ain't, yeah. turn me ain't no more turn me around Oh, no. better. Oh, thing. yeah. Somebody, day. if you should cry. Yeah, just try your right. Try your right. I know yeah. that you'll yeah. understand it. You'll, you'll understand, understand it. it. Oh, better. By and by. Yeah. Place.
4: My mind's to oh, say we're moving on, to on up, to up. To the, the
3: higher yeah. Ground. Yeah. Ain't nobody gonna turn me round.
4: Say
3: we're moving I'm on up. To the better to the higher to a better place By and by When the father's on the throne And the son is by his side And we'll never, ever,
4: ever, 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 ever die
3: Say so we're moving on our the to the land of ain't no more, no by and by, there'll be no I'm more tears and no mind. more pain, only oh, praises in I'm Jesus' name, Ask your back, I'm we're moving, love but don't bring much, just bring a little grace, and a no little mind. bit of mercy,
4: and I'll me see back. you when we get there, I'm <laughs> moving <to laughs> Let's take this song up
3: higher,
4: y'all. higher state.
2: You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.